From Southern California, this is Outlook in Review, a summary of world headlines, technology and business news, arts and entertainment features, and instructive encouragement from the Praiselite Media Studios, Thousand Oaks, California. Good day, it's Wednesday, the 19th of December 2018, and it's Christmas time around the world, a time when we remember the incomprehensible gift of grace that God sent his perfect and only Son down to earth to be born into the world as both fully God and fully man, to lead a completely sinless life, yet die a sinner's death on a cross in ancient Israel. And because death could not hold, the Son of God rose to life again after three days, thus conquering death. And his atonement, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, paid the price of certain death forever for all those who believe in him. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Robotics company Neuro announced on Tuesday that its unmanned delivery pods are now live in Scottsdale, Arizona as part of its autonomous grocery delivery pilot program with Kroger Supermarkets. This according to CNET, and while it's no longer in so-called beta mode, only one store in the Arizona town of Scottsdale is offering the service, undoubtedly to see how things go now that the service is live. Fry's Food Stores on McDowell Road in Scottsdale now offers home delivery by unmanned pod vehicles, with no delivery minimum. And CNET reports that when the pod arrives, the customer will head outside, plug a code into the screen on the side of the vehicle, and retrieve their groceries. According to Supermarket News, with no driver or passengers, the Neuro R1 travels on public roads and only transports goods. Neuro cars are designed to stay below 25 miles per hour, and they initially only operate within a few miles of a single Scottsdale grocery store. Low speeds mean short stopping distances, reducing safety concerns. This from a report by ARS Technica which stated that the low weight of the vehicle further bolsters safety since it's less likely to do serious damage in the event of a crash. And since the company is only carrying groceries, not people, it doesn't have to worry about the safety of vehicle occupants at all. The next step is to see how well it all works. And as with any service, if all goes according to plan, you can expect to see competition in similar form from all other retailers in a very short amount of time. From Outlook in Review, have a very Merry Christmas 
And just like all times of year, may we be intentional with sharing the good news of the gospel with family and friends in our lives, our actions, and our words. In 1946, movie director Frank Capra released a film which, although initially performing very poorly at the box office, would find its way into the Christmas traditions of numerous families for over 70 years. It's a Wonderful Life was based on the short story and booklet The Greatest Gift, which Philip Van Doren Stern wrote in 1939. The movie centers around the life of George Bailey, played by Jimmy Stewart. George is a man who has given up on his dreams to leave small-town Bedford Falls, New York, in order to help others time and time again, and after a serious financial blow to his company, contemplates suicide on Christmas Eve. But the intervention of his guardian angel Clarence changes things dramatically. The movie starts off in 1919 when then-12-year-old George saves his brother's life in an icy pond. Soon after, George's employer, Mr. Gower, the druggist, distraught at the death of his own son, mixes up medicines, and George is finally able to bring attention to the matter and averts certain disaster. Several years pass and George, now a grown man, waits for the moment to leave town to go to college and begin fulfilling his dreams for bigger and better things. But his father's sudden death puts a hold on things as George takes over the family business, and his brother Harry goes to college instead with the plan for them to trade places once he returns. But Harry returns married and with a job offer from his new father-in-law, and so George keeps running the family business the Bailey Building and Loan. George marries Mary Hatch, played by Donna Reed, and they live in Bedford Falls throughout World War II and until the present day, when the movie takes place. On the morning of Christmas Eve 1945, the Building and Loan suffers a massive financial setback with the loss of $8,000, the equivalent of well over $100,000 today. At the end of his rope, George is at the point of suicide, but his guardian angel is sent to intervene instead, and George finds himself rescuing him from icy river waters. In order to set George's priorities straight, Clarence, his guardian angel, shows George what the world would look like if George Bailey had never been born. Chaos that ensues and the dramatic reorientation of what really matters shows George very acutely that he really has had a wonderful life. It's a Wonderful Life is now considered one of the greatest films ever made and was nominated for five Academy Awards including Best Picture. It is considered the number one inspirational film of all time and was the director's favorite film that he ever directed. Although the film portrays prayer and only when George prays to God specifically, as opposed to his so-called guardian angel, does he return to existence, the film doesn't specifically orient around the perspective of a life focused on Christ. But It's a Wonderful Life does give a very keen message in today's world that goals, 
money and worldly success are simply no comparison to the value of family and friends. And from a Christian perspective, we know that the most important priority in life is God and the study of His Word and a love for Him, our true Savior. Every year it seems to become more and more difficult for believers to share the good news of the gospel freely, some countries exponentially harder than others. But Christmas time is the one time of year that the songs and accounts of Christ, his saving work on the cross, redemption, and truths of the attributes of the one true God may actually be heard to be unashamedly proclaimed in public stores, workplaces, and radio stations in many parts of the world. In fact, inviting strangers to Christmas celebrations and services at church or holiday gatherings where the gospel message is told is also more likely to be expected and accepted. And so with that in mind, may we be like Paul in Ephesians 6 when he asks for prayer on his behalf. That utterance may be given to him in the opening of his mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Now we know as believers in Christ we are to preach the gospel all year long. But how much more so now as ears may be more receptive? Perhaps hearts are searching for truth and it has been shown that many people ponder more at this time of year about Christianity, the Gospel, and Christ's birth. Now it's generally understood that Christ wasn't born on December 25th, and there weren't necessarily exactly three wise men, and they didn't come immediately following his birth. And the debate still rages that Christmas as a holiday may or may not have pagan roots. But that does not change the fact of what the Christmas season is now. Today, despite the sopping and greed, it is universally understood to be a Christian holiday, with strong parallels and references to Christ's gospel story, the good news that Christ saved us from Satan's power when we were gone astray, in sin and error pining. It's a time when many people, even if they never do the rest of the year, stop and think, or perhaps just lend an ear to the story of our Savior's birth, without scoffing, without gnashing their teeth, without stopping their ears. And we pray that God would soften these hearts to the point that they would, rather than simply pausing for a moment, more than just passively hearing Christmas carols, instead, like Luke 8, may they hear the word, may they hold fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience.
to every family in every country in all the world a very merry Christmas. And may God bless us all. Thanks for listening to Outlook in Review. Contact us anytime with questions or comments. We'd always love to hear from you. We're on Twitter at Outlook in Review and Facebook.com forward slash Outlook in Review, where you can find information to various topics we cover on the show. Until next time from Thousand Oaks, California, I'm Ben Ditzel. This is Outlook in Review. Outlook in Review.